This is episode 600 of the AWS podcast, released on July 3rd, 2023. G'day, Simon here asking for a favor. We love to get your feedback and we really want to find out how we can make the podcast even better for all of our regular listeners. So take a moment and fill out the very short survey from the link in the show notes. Really appreciate it. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. So I'm going to share with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by two very special guests today. I'm joined by Saurabh Trikande, who is a product manager here at Amazon. G'day, Saurabh. How are you doing? Hey, Simon. Saurabh here. I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Thank you for joining us today. And I'm also joined by Vikram Elango, who is a solution architect here at AWS. G'day, Vikram. How are you doing? Hey, Simon. Uh, how are you doing? Nice to be here. Good, thanks. So we are talking about a really interesting topic today. We're talking about machine learning and training of models, etc. But before we get into the guts of the specifics of what we're going to talk about here, let's just start the start very briefly. And uh, Sarah, maybe let's start with what is Amazon SageMaker? Yeah, so Amazon SageMaker is a fully managed machine learning service from AWS. It provides tools needed to build, train, and deploy machine learning models at scale. It helps data scientists and machine learning engineers to easily experiment, train, and deploy ML models. And like with most domains, you know, we, we tend to have summary words. So we talk about machine learning as if it's a thing. Um, but there's, there's a lot more to machine learning than just machine and learning. There's like a whole lot of different choices and decisions you have to make. Yep. What are some of those inference options? And tell us a bit about that. Let's understand, you know, why there's complexity, because then we're going to take away some complexity. Yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, inference is the process of using a trained ML model, right? Like, so uh, an ML model is something that you train when you have some raw data, you you expose it to the model, and the model kind of becomes mature on the problem you want to solve, and then you want to use that model to make prediction on new data, right? So that's the process, uh, and it's called inference. So in SageMaker, uh, we have four ML inference options, namely real-time endpoints, batch transform, async, and serverless inference. Uh, real-time endpoints allows you to make prediction using REST API calls. It's, it primarily supports low-latency use cases. Uh, the batch transform allows you to make predictions using bulk data, uh, which might be located in S3. Async allows you to make predictions on in an asynchronous fashion where you're throwing your data in, let's say, in an S3 location and you're getting your predictions in another S3 one. It's not real-time, but it's near real-time. It's near real-time, yeah. Yeah. And then we have a serverless inference, which offers the same low-latency predictions without you needing to provision dedicated servers to host your ML models. So you've got a few different choices there in terms of how you, you interact and, and the answers you get. And that's really driven by your use case, isn't it? So there's some use yeah. cases where, yeah, if, if you're in a, a consumer flow, you need an answer immediately. Whereas if you're trying to sort of um, understand data from a long time ago and seek connections, that may not be so so time-bound. Exactly. So you're, you're, you're in this constant struggle to kind of see your use case through the lens of performance you want to get from the application that gets built, uh, the cost that you're willing to pay, and then the considerations around latency, throughput. These are these are the four dimensions that you're primarily Yeah, lot, lots yeah. of trade-offs. And then and then obviously, you know, you're you're building models to to support mm -hmm. these uh, these these inferences, etc. So today we're going to talk about something called multi-model endpoints. So so let's start with a what is it question. 
Yeah, yeah. So multi-model endpoints is a feature that allows you to host like thousands of models behind a single SageMaker real-time endpoint, right? So you're still benefiting from the scalability, performance, and the cost saving that SageMaker has to offer. And since it's going to be a real-time endpoint, you also get to perform your ML inference at low latency and high throughput, right? Uh, so multi-model endpoint supports both CPU and GPU instance types. Uh, for each endpoint, you provision a shared fleet of instances, and then multi-model endpoints kind of, uh, and you also give us the list of models that you have, which you can dump in S3, and then multi-model endpoint, based on the request you're sending, tries to dynamically load and unload models on the, on the shared fleet of instances. And it kind of also is smarter in, in the sense that it understands your traffic pattern and then tries to keep the models that are most invoked always in memory and trying to lower your latency and giving you most on the performance side as well. So, so this is really, I guess, recognizing the fact that in most use cases, there's multiple models at play. It's not just the one model. Mm -hmm. Help us understand maybe from a, a customer use case perspective why this is important. Yeah, so customers are using multi-model endpoints for a variety of use cases, right? Like personalization, recommendation system, fraud detection, NLP, image recognition, and more. Uh, but multi-model endpoints is particularly useful in hyper-personalization use case where customers want to train models and deploy them specific to, let's say, a customer segment, a specific geo, uh, or maybe for each user, or specific to a city, zip code, or country. Uh, it's been a popular hosting option or model deployment options amongst customers specifically in ISV and SaaS segment. And so given that there's sort of different different choices, et cetera, you know, obviously once you start running multiple of things, your, your cost can be multiplied. How does this help mm -hmm. us reduce maybe some of that impact? Yeah, so in MME for each endpoint that customers provision, like we have a shared fleet of instances behind, right? And then customer tells us, right, like, hey, I want this instance type. I want to provision, let's say, 10 instances for it. And then what MME tries to do is, like, you'll also be telling us, like, the models where they are in, right? Like, you'd be saying, let's say, this is the S3 location where all my thousands of models are. So MME loads and unloads models on this shared fleet of instances that you've provisioned based on the traffic that we see, right? And then it tries to optimize for the cost by understanding your traffic pattern. And the load of the model happens based on the model's... You know, the most frequent models are, are always in memory, so you get the low latencies, and the, and the less frequently used models are kind of the ones which are loaded dynamically. And then we try to, in this process, try to maximize a concept which we have in MME, which is a cache hit to give you the optimum performance mm -hmm. for Makes lower sense. cost. Makes sense. Yeah, so it's, you know, if you're using it regularly, it's always there. And the team's been working hard to, to evolve the service based on customer feedback. And you guys have launched something recently for customers. Tell us about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to announce multi-model endpoint support for GPU. Until recently, MME was only supported for CPU-based models, but now customers could use MME to run thousands of ML models on a shared fleet of GPU instances and save cost. That's pretty cool. So what kind of models do you see customers running using GPUs? Yeah, so with wide adoption of deep learning, customers want to build and deploy ML models on GPU, right? Like that's that's like the that's like the most go-to option for customers who are into deep learning, training models in deep learning and deploying them. I see customers will use MME on GPU to save costs by deploying ML models on GPUs in general. And then or or when they have more than two or five or ten models to deploy and they want to save cost. 
or they're building large uh, general intelligence model for NLP or image recognition and some other use cases, and they want to fine tune them for a specific task or uh, or some of the other criteria, as I said, right? Like the customer segment, geo, users, city, country, zip code, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then deploy all these hundreds of models, which are primarily deep learning models running on GPUs, on MME, and you know, kind of save cost. And and you know, there's probably never been as, as much focus on the, the world of machine learning and artificial intelligence and all the cool things that can be done. What's special about this particular launch, and how does it support some of the trends you're seeing in deep learning? So until today, right, like for the most part, customers would deploy one one GPU based models on one endpoint, right? Like so you'd have, let's say, provision you've provisioned 10 GPU instances behind an endpoint, and this is a low latency real-time endpoint, uh, you'd be deploying for the most part one models on each each instance, right? This would mean customers need to provision dedicated GPU instance for each model, and the cost kind of adds up as as you have tens or thousands of models, right? Um, and depending on your on your throughput, you're you're probably provisioning more GPUs for each model. Uh, but this launch will not only allow customers to run thousands of ML models on unshared fleet of GPU instances, but also allow them to kind of harness full power of GPU by running as many models as we can on a, on a single GPU core. So again, that, that cost savings coming in, which is great. Yeah. Vikram, let me come to you and let's talk tech. Let's talk about what are some of the frameworks that, that MME on GPU supports? SageMaker multi-model endpoint with GPU works using NVIDIA Triton Inference Server. NVIDIA Triton Inference Server is an open source inference serving software that simplifies inference serving process, and it is purpose-built for high-performance inference. Uh, Triton supports all major deep learning frameworks such as TensorFlow, NVIDIA TensorRT, PyTorch, MXNet, and so on. And you can also bring custom implementation using C++ and Python. Uh, Customers can leverage SageMaker NVIDIA Triton using deep learning containers that we build and maintain. Uh, Models from different frameworks can coexist on one container. And customers see a lot of value in this because they can bring models from different frameworks and coexist within one container. That's really cool. So you can really uh, stack it onto there. How hard is it to onboard into MME on GPU? It is very easy to onboard models onto SageMaker MME. The high-level workflow is you take a model that's trained. It could be a model that's trained on EC2s, on-prem, or using Amazon SageMaker. You have to package the model artifacts and configurations in Triton Inference Server format. Once you have that, you upload it to S3, where these artifacts reside. You create a multi-model endpoint configuration and deploy a real-time endpoint. That includes a container definition, the container image that you'll be using to serve this model, and the S3 artifact location where your models are posted. Once you have deployed the model, you can send inference payload to get responses back. When you deploy a SageMaker multimodal endpoint, SageMaker takes care of two important aspects. One is fully managed model placement. What I mean by that is, You can dynamically load and unload models from a shared fleet of instances that gives you the best price performance. Smart traffic routing is another feature that SageMaker MME offers. SageMaker understands the traffic pattern across your models, and it smartly routes traffic to the instances behind your endpoint to maximize the GP utilization. It can 
load and unload models and also understand the traffic pattern to your application and then it is very easy to orchestrate customers can bring models from different frameworks and make it work with MME. nice and we've talked about the fact that with MME, you can sort of have multiple models using the same instance. But what about where um, I've got so much volume I'm growing outside of my instance? Do I have auto-scaling available to me? Sure. Yeah, Amazon SageMaker supports automatic scaling for your hosted models. Automatically, it can dynamically adjust the number of instances provision for your model in response to your changing workload. When your workload increases, auto-scaling brings more instances online to support the traffic coming to your application. And the workload decreases, auto scaling removes unnecessary instances so that you don't pay for the instances that are not being used. SageMaker provides instance and invocation metrics. These are CloudWatch metrics that customers can tap into and plan to create an auto scaling policy based on their use case, based on their application, the neural network architecture that they are trying to deploy and come up with an auto-scaling policy and make it work with SageMaker on MME. Nice. And, you know, when, when we talk about the, the creation of models, often a lot of the focus is on the building of the model, but the building of the model doesn't make it operationally ready. Yeah. So customers, when they think about hosting models with SageMaker on MME, especially using when GPU, there are different metrics that customers have to do a benchmarking on to make informed decision as in to make their models uh, operationally ready. One is invocation metrics. So SageMaker MME publishes information on the invocations to an endpoint, how many models are being loaded, what's the memory utilization and CPU utilization at any given point. So customers can effectively make use of these metrics to do a benchmarking on how many models they can host on MME. That gives an idea about what type of infrastructure they need, what type of instance types are needed to host these models, and also how to configure the auto-scaling policy. So to make it operationally ready, SageMaker supports these multi-model endpoint metrics that are uh, that can be used to make this decision. What are some of the things I should think about before I put things into production? First and foremost, how many models are you going to host with SageMaker multi-model endpoint? So this gives you an idea about what type of instances that you want to choose to host these models. Also, the framework that you are working with, the deep learning model frameworks, are they going to be homogeneous? Or are there going to be heterogeneous models that you are going to host behind this endpoint? The third aspect is the traffic pattern to your models. Say you are deploying a multi-model endpoint and you have a bunch of models behind this endpoint to serve your application. You need to understand the traffic pattern across all of these models. Are they going to be steady? Are they going to be spikes in traffic to these models? And depending on that, you may need to configure the MME in a certain way. So the next aspect is the application SLA in terms of latency and concurrency. When you host these models behind endpoint, you need to get inference responses in certain amount of time. There are mission critical application that needs responses in milliseconds also support a concurrent users. All of these models like can get traffic from various different applications. So you need to plan for the latency and concurrency aspect of it. The benchmarking, it is recommended that customers do an elaborate benchmarking exercise to make informed decisions. Like I mentioned before, you have CloudWatch metrics with invocation metrics, the instance level metrics that give you an idea about how to plan for when you're hosting this model, how to plan it for uh, scalability and also cost effective. 
we're using SageMaker on MME. Yeah, so the observability and understanding what's going on is, is always so important. And one of the things we, we have a, a lot of, obviously, EC2 instance types here at AWS for our customers, what are some of the ones that are currently supported for this particular capability? Yeah, uh, SageMaker multi-model endpoints on GPU supports different deep learning instance types, which are G4DN featuring NVIDIA T4, uh, G5 instance type, which has A10, G TensorFlow GPUs, also P2 and P3. We support uh, single GPU instances today. Multi-GPU instances are not supported as of today. And what about benchmarking? Have you, have you run the numbers to see, uh, to see what, what you get with different combinations? We've seen customers realize up to 90% cost savings in terms of deep learning model deployment. So Saurav touched upon the hyper-personalization use cases where customers are building models that are catered to uh, specific individuals, segments, and so on. So the number of models that are being developed are large in number. So if you were to host these on dedicated instances, the inference cost would, uh, would be high. When you can effectively share the GPU resources and co-host multiple models behind SageMaker multi-model endpoint, we see customers realize up to 90% cost savings. And we've benchmarked it for different use cases, uh, computer vision and natural language processing use cases. And we see about 90% cost savings. So 90% sounds pretty cool. How would I get going with it if I want to get started? We published uh, a launch blog with code samples that will give our customers an opportunity to get started. Uh, we've covered different use cases like computer vision, natural language processing, and also some of the Triton-related features, such as ensembles and different types of frameworks. We have uh, we have published samples. We, have, we can attach them to this podcast. Uh, you'll have a link to that. Uh, we have a dedicated workshop for this. Customers can easily take a model that they've trained and make it compatible with SageMaker on MME, and they can use it using these resources. We have blogs, code samples, and workshops to uh, for customers to get started. Fantastic. And what's, what are some of the use cases you've seen customers use this for so far? Yeah, so customers are super excited about this feature. Uh, there are two prominent themes amongst customers who want to use this feature. Uh, customers building large language models or large CV models and then fine-tuning it for specific tasks. Uh, for them, they love to host these models on MME and GPU and leverage the cost saving that it offers. And also customers building tens of GPU-based models um, that have sporadic traffic, right? Like, um, like not, not getting consistent traffic, but one model getting a lot of traffic, the other one's getting intermittent traffic. They definitely want to use MME and GPU to save costs. So it sounds like the team has been doing a lot of work with customers in, in the lead up to the release here. And uh, a big part of that is gathering common use cases and making it easy to get going and having resources. Um, what are some of the things that, that folks can get access to, to to make it easier for them? Yeah, so definitely if, if you want to deploy GPU-based ML models, you should definitely check out this feature. I want to reiterate that MME on GPU saves costs for customers by allowing them to run thousands of GPU-based ML models on a shared fleet of instances uh, um, and dynamically loading and unloading ML models based on their traffic and at the same time optimizing for uh, you know, cache hit on these models to give them optimal latency, enabling full, uh, full power of a GPU instances by allowing them to run multiple models on the same GPU core. 
to get started, yeah, customers can check out the blogs that we'd be having for in, in the description link for this podcast. And we have uh, sample notebooks, a launch blog, and and YouTube videos that they can get started with. Fantastic. So you can follow the bouncing ball. Uh, Sirab, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ivan. This was awesome. And Vikram, thank you for, for sharing with us some of those insights as well. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love to get your feedback at AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.